0: Hello, I'm Arfa. I'm in the UK,
1: and I'm Mohammed and I'm in the US.
0: And you're listening to Slow Pit Stop. Hello, and welcome to Slow Pit Stop, the international Formula One podcast by fans for fans all around the world. My name is Arfa, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Muhammad. Say hi, Muhammad. Hi, Muhammad. And welcome to what has become a Team LH Group therapy session. Um, <laughs> <laughs> another weekend, another Verstappen win.
1: Yeah, um, was that ever really the surprise?
0: No, no, it wasn't a surprise. But it's just what's happening, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's the reality of Formula One at the moment. Can, uh, before we get into the episode, I just want to say I don't appreciate all these Red Bull and Max Verstappen fans that look us that look at us Mercedes fans and say, "Oh, you guys are being hypocritical. You enjoyed it when it was your driver, and now you don't enjoy it when it's not your driver." Like, can I just say, like, obviously, like, am I not? Am I? I have already admitted to the world I'm biased towards Lewis Hamilton that's because I'm his fan like I'm his fan so of course I'm going to be happy when it's my driver and not happy when it's not my driver it's like supporting
0: a football team and then someone says well you liked it when your football team was winning why don't you like (laughs) it when my football team was winning
1: (laughs) exactly because it's not mine yeah so yeah you're right I I am frustrated with Max Verstappen winning and I'm not ashamed to say it it's frustrating I want it to be my driver I'm biased.
0: (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we're here to discuss the Belgian Grand Prix. Um, A lot to discuss. I think we're going to get into the news first and then go on to Saturday and Sunday. I can barely even remember Saturday anymore. But anyway, we'll start (laughs) with the biggest news of the week, which is the Alpine personnel change.
1: We called it on our last episode. I hope you all listened to it and knew how persistent we are. We're going to give some other Predictions this episode, and they're also going to come true. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton will win every single race for the rest of the season. <laughs> um, yeah. The I mean, happened. I think... Yeah. So, I mean, Atmar was already on his way out. But the question is, should he have been on his way out?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, no, no. I don't think he should. Um, I, I, I was saying yeah to that is the question. So, basically, yeah, that is the question yeah. is... Um, Two people have left Alpine. One is Otmar, who Mm -hmm. was very successful at Force India, um, went to Aston Martin and didn't enjoy being a yes man to Lawrence Stroll. So Mm. moved to Alpine. Uh, And the other person was uh, Alan Permain, who was known as Bat. Mm. So he was with the team for 34 years he wow. was the sporting director he was there when schumacher won the world championships he was there wow. when alonso won the world championship he was you know he was known for his hard work ethic and everyone his nickname was bat because he was always having late nights wow wow and to put into context of what a big shock this was that he was let go so unceremoniously um what's his face christian horner in yeah. the team principal conference was um, talking about how he was shocked and he was like, you know, someone's put in the hard graph for 34 years to just be thrown away like that without any sort of thank you, Big Simon. <laughs> and I was like, the man who is at least 49% in charge of the Red Bull meat grinder a second has been unfair. Like, what does that tell you?
1: <laughs> yeah. See, the thing with Alpine is like, I almost want them to crash and burn. Like, I don't want them to do well. I I kind of felt the same way about McLaren after they sold their souls and tried to get a bunch of, like, they don't feel like the plucky underdogs is what I'm trying to say. They don't feel like Williams to me or Haas. With Alpine, ever since they dropped Alain Prost and they fired Cyril and they did this whole rebranding from Renault into Alpine and I just never really felt like... They, I don't know, I just, they just felt kind of like the bad guys. Like, if you're going to be the bad guy, you need to be good, like Red Bull, to back it up. Like, you need to have the great car. You could be like, hi, see, I'm a bad guy, but I'm producing results. They were like, I'm the bad guy, and our car is, like, the sixth fastest car right now. So, I, I don't know what's going on with them. I don't know if firing Otmar was the right move. I don't know if they needed any team principal, need new drivers. They completely bungled the Fernando Alonso-Oscar Piastri thing they uh, i don't know know. Yeah,
0: last year i was in a funny position so obviously i've got a friend that works at alpine and i've been to the alpine factory i got to see all that stuff and yeah the we will all know this in our own place of work right the normal people who do the work will be good Mm -hmm. but sometimes the people right right at the top that we may Mm -hmm. never have any contact with may be excellent or maybe terrible Mm -hmm. and that has an effect on us so i think the team is a good team right? Mm-hmm. And last year, I wanted them to beat McLaren. This year, again, I wanted them to beat McLaren, mostly because of the tobacco sponsorship. I just personally have a problem with that. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and Otmar, you know, he said, oh, well, you know, they let us go. Um, there was lots of things that I'd put in place for 25, 26, and i have not mm-hmm. get to see these things happen. To let Alan Permain go was a big shock to everyone. Um, yeah. And what Bruno Famine said was, competition so hard and as if and if we're not 100 percent aligned i think we all have enough experience to know that it's useless to continue together and everybody has chosen to go their own route and um, yeah which is a well, weird the... sentence but then i liked uh, what alan pross said about it all he was basically like laurent rossi is incompetent i love this yeah. team and seeing it in this state today saddens and distresses me yeah. and he basically blames corporate interference so he said, mm-hmm. Ferrari worked with jean Todt, relying on Ross Brawn and Michael Schumacher. Mercedes mm-hmm. enjoyed success with Toto Wolff backed by Niki Lauda and James Allison with Lewis mm-hmm. Hamilton spearheading. Red Bull, even if not backed by a major manufacturer, does the same. It's Christian Horner, mm-hmm. Adrian Newey, and they manage their drivers, Mattel <coughs> and now Verstappen. And in these cases, there was a strong president who was completely involved in F1 to support the action taken, Luca de Montezemolo, Dieter Zetscher, and Dietrich Mataschitz. They had the codes of F1, the agility and flexibility to let their men make the decisions. And he pointed out that Renault had only been successful in F1 when they followed the same model with Flavio Briatore. So Mm. basically he's saying the corporate people at Renault are interfering and Mm -hmm. stopping this great team from being able to achieve what it's supposed to achieve. And I, I personally think firing Otmar and alan permain and i'm not even sure if they were fired or they decided to walk but I, I think the way it was all spelled out it looked like they were fired um i think the way they were trying to be like oh you know we've all decided to go our own routes hmm. um so i don't know i yeah I, I i feel bad for the people that are working there that have so much potential mm-hmm. and are just being Maybe I'm projecting. Maybe this is just my inner NHS speaking, and I'm just like, "This is what it feels like to work in the NHS. Our leaders are letting us down."
1: <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, I don't know.
1: It's it's interesting to me because I think anytime a corporate like the corporations try to interfere. Unless you have people with experience backing that initiative, it's going to fail. Because even when you look at Williams, okay, they Doralton Capital bought it from the uh, Williams family, which at first seemed fine. You thought, okay, you need fresh blood to run this team. You need an influx of cash. But then they put Yost Capito in charge. And, like, I always felt like he was a corporate stooge. And he only lasted a year or two years or something. then they replaced him with James Fowles, which I think was the right decision. I think you need somebody with strong vision, ideally – teamed up with a strong driver to really bring a team up and you can see that's happened with red bull with mercedes you can see the issue with ferrari is that they've never been able to get that pair they've had a good team principal they've had a good driver i feel like they've never gotten a good team principal with a good driver since michael schumacher days. since that you know crazy what
0: about this thing that prost is saying is it's not just to have the team principal and the driver you need someone in between them acting as a buffer Hmm. from corporate like but the,
1: I think there should be no corporate. I mean, like there should be corporate to give the money in, but there needs to be like they can't like get in and try to interfere themselves unless they know, like the team principal yeah, should the be the that's, one. That's what uh, yeah okay.
0: John Top was. That's what uh, yeah. he, there was presidents yeah quote unquote yeah who were in between corporate and the F one team that would yeah. let the F one team do their thing.
1: Yeah, that that's then that should exist. If if corporate like interference is going to happen, then the, you need to have somebody in that role. I don't even understand why they fired Alan Prost. Like, if you're going to build a team up and you want to clear house, why would you include him in your... Cl- it's like Mercedes getting rid of Niki Lauda. It makes To have a legend like that alive and then to get rid of him makes no
0: sense to me. Like, zero sense. Maybe they just blamed his F1 team on it. How well did his team ever do Prost F1? Oh, I didn't even know he had a Prost F1 Yeah, so he used to have his own team. Prost F1 was a Formula One racing team owned and managed by Alain Prost from 1997 hmm. to 2001. I remember when he talked about it, he was like, we're basically representing France. We were hmm. made to use French engines for like sponsorship reasons. They weren't good. We struggled to survive, hmm. blah, blah, blah. So their first every year, uh, they got a third place in Brazil and a second place in Spain. Hmm. And then they also had a second place in 1999. Podiums.
1: But Good then, number
0: when mostly retirements, actually. That was our most common result. Oh, wow. And then...
1: But you, still, I mean, having... I feel like having somebody with his expertise would be invaluable. Yeah. Because, like, take a team okay. like Haas. Haas doesn't really have those kinds of connections because they're a new team. Like, they're, what, 2016, I think, or 15? Like, pretty new. So, you need, it, you need somebody who could just, like, guide the team. Like, Nicky Lauda making that call to have Lewis Hamilton come in. You need somebody who has that kind of eye... But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Alpine has been consistently the fifth fastest team this year or the sixth fastest team at some tracks. I don't know what their point is going forward. Pierre Gasly is driving in his own head. They're just a mess right now. They're more more—they're as big a mess as McLaren was, except that McLaren now has a faster car and therefore they have some harmony. But yeah, it's just, Here's I don't even know what their plan is. It just mm-hmm.
0: popped into my head. So you know how you said, you know, it's really important to have a legend like Alain Prost on your team, or Nicky Lado was really important to Mercedes. Yeah. Twenty years from now, mm-hmm. which current driver or recent driver do you think would be a really good? I think Seb, Seb,
1: and Lewis. I think Seb, Lewis. I Does think Seb Lewis will come back good? and. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely, Lewis. It just depends on how much Lewis cares about f1 when he gets out and how much of his energy he wants to devote to other things yeah and it may be that for 15 years he devotes it to other things and then he comes back kind of in his old age as a retired you know geriatric and then says okay now i'll hop out with the mercedes f1 team or whatever yeah. whoever has bought that team that the time i think seb comes back a little sooner i can see him being in a in an advisory role i just don't know to which team i don't think red bull I don't I know if Ferrari Bull, would take. Because he's driving a Red, Red Bull? Bull
0: at the Nürburgring, so I think he still has good relations with Red Bull.
1: Hmm. Yeah, then maybe Red Bull. Uh, but I can definitely see him being an advisor. He was, all, he kind of was already in that role in Ferrari when he was. Do went you think out, he could be the
0: next Helmut Marco? Because Helmut Marco is supposed no. to be in charge of the maybe. young driver program. Yeah, but he's. No, so imagine he's young drivers being coached by Sebastian Vettel. Yeah, it'd be a different dynamic, obviously, to help scary, scary Helmut. But yeah. I think that would be a good use of. Vitell skills
1: expertise. Yeah. Could be he could be the one who yeah, I think that'd be really cool if he takes over
0: helps to Vattel's select spot. and coach young drivers. I think that would be cool. Yeah.
1: Like the and and then thinking about Lewis, you know, the way he's pushing the team now to do better, to make a better car, saying what we have isn't enough, even when we have upgrades, he never says it's it's good enough of an upgrade. It's pushing the team. Like Mercedes could really benefit from that down the road when they've got two new drivers who are fighting, you know, in the championship I can later. imagine
0: Lewis doing more work at a slightly higher level. In terms of, you know, like diversity and Mm. more like corporate things like that, like social responsibility, all that sort of stuff. Maybe. Rather than the day-to-day running.
1: That's what what I think Seb wants to do now. I feel like they're all going to want breaks from F1. Once they get out, they're just like 10 years, they won't go into F1 again. And then maybe after that, they'll come back in, you know.
0: I think he's a top-level troll, but I think he's actually eligible. Lewis? No, Nico Rosberg. Oh, well, what about him? I think he'd be great in some sort of team role like that because you oh, know how the oh, way oh, oh, yeah. um, like Christian Horner is a little bit devious. Like I remember on one season of Drive to Survive, he was talking about how he wanted to make a complaint about Mercedes. Was it the rear wing thing? But he waited yeah. until the yeah. last possible moment to like destabilize Mercedes as much as possible. That's the kind of stuff that Nico Rosberg would do.
1: Yeah. I don't think Rosberg can come to the team while Lewis is still there. So maybe he's just waiting for Lewis yeah, to yeah. retire.
0: No, but any other team. Like, Williams could get him. He's not tied to Mercedes. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. I don't How much do you believe in the Nico Rosberg jinx?
0: Oh, <laughs> it's pretty good. I like the McLaren put out a picture being like, no yeah. Rosberg selfies. And Rosberg's like, I'm on the way to your factory.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then they didn't do well. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I feel like it only works... 95% of the time. And if it's a jinx, it should work 100% of the time. We need to weaponize his jinx, to be honest. I don't I'm know why Red Mercedes Bull. hasn't already. Yes, exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> he needs to say one time, Red Bull will win every race of the season. He just yeah. needs to say it one time. Yeah. Uh. But Okay, so who takes over for Atmar? We said it was going to be Mattia Benato.
0: Yeah, I think it will be Mattia Benato it popped yeah. into my head today just before we started recording oh my god what if they brought flavio back because he's been like he's been hanging around with stefano he's been in pictures of f1 stuff despite being disgraced for cheating <laughs> he needs to be there in the inner circles he's helping people make big business deals i think he's still alonso's manager he like helped put on the azerbaijan grand prix so he's still there he shows up a lot he's just maybe not on tv mm-hmm. but um yeah i, I wonder if it's going to be Matteo bonato but who knows
1: What do you think he'd do a good job at right now?
0: I don't know. This is the thing. I think there's people there that are not being given the chance to do a good job Mm -hmm. because of other targets and pressures that are maybe outside of their control. Mm -hmm. So I don't know.
1: I always felt like Mattia Benado was the one who created those targets and pressures and put them in his control, so... But yeah, let's see. If he's back in F1, that really is proof that anyone can come back to F1. Just like Louis said. I think it was really funny Mateo when they making asked.
0: this on targets? Like Alpine or the board will be like, you need to finish at least P4 or you're fired. And he goes, no, I need to finish at least P2 or I'm fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> we are checking. He's going to bring the we are checking <laughs> philosophy <Yeah>. to Alpine. <laughs> Copy, we are checking. <laughs> um. Did you see that? <laughs> they asked Lewis, like, how does it feel to have Dan Ricardo back? And he was like, was Dan Ricardo ever gone? He's been in every driver's briefing this season. And I, as a driver, don't want to go to the driver's briefings. And he's yeah. just been shown. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Do you get the Do you get the vibes that Dan Ricardo is kind of like the guy there and you're, and he, like, asks a question and somebody else is like, he doesn't even go here. Like, yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's, it sucks because, well, on the one hand, I'm I'm glad for Daniel because I think it's not been a perfect comeback, but I think he's doing good. He's doing a solid job. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I feel bad for Nick because yeah. he was never given a fair shot of F1. No. So I don't know what the right solution to that is. 26 car grid, so the space for everyone. Did The you right say Nick solution. Was, sorry.
1: Yeah. No, I was going to say the right solution is to have me get in the car. I will do a better <laughs> job. But yeah, what was Nick doing?
0: He was spotted in London at the Formula E finale, um, but the race was reporting that it seems unlikely to have secured a drive for next year.
1: Do you think he wanted a drive in Formula E? I mean, his first season was good. He's a champion. The second season, though, was like markedly bad. Like, I don't know if it was bad luck. I don't know if it showed that he was washed. I don't know. It's just I felt like he had to get out of the series after the second um, I for from him, I think he should go into like twenty four hours of Le Mans or maybe Porsche hypercars. Like yeah. you know, Alex Aubon did like all this crazy stuff, and it was it was fine. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I feel like he should just switch series. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know, it's interesting to me when um Nicholas Latifi left. He said, you know, or when he announced that he's going to do. Oh, his we never NBA. talked
0: about Latifi on the podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah. Latifi.
0: Yeah. So Latifi <laughs> said, for anyone that maybe missed it um he kept quiet for a long time and then he came out with something on social media that said uh uh, i know what i'm going to be doing next i'm going to go do an mba and learn more about the business world because obviously he comes from a big business family um which was a bit random i thought he was going to go into another random racing series but fair on him he's gonna he's been studying and got the grades to get in and he's continuing his education
1: yeah. Well, so what I was going to say about him is like he said in his statement, we always think about what we're going to do after racing. And for me, I always knew an MBA was in the plans. And I think that's interesting because he's not the first one to say that. Remember, Bianca told us something similar. She said, I'm thinking about my life after racing and I know I want to be an engineer. Yeah. So I think all of these racers need to have like a plan for the second half of their lives not all of them will have the prestige and expertise to take on managerial roles you know like Lewis and seb
0: yeah but and i um, I, I just think about football like soccer yeah. Yeah. like some of the great managers yeah were actually not very good players, players. yeah and um like even now like Christian Horner didn't progress Mm -hmm. past Formula 3. Toto Wolff didn't Mm -hmm. progress past Formula Mm 3. The knowledge that you have to have in your head Mm -hmm. versus the actual skill you have in your hands and feet. is different. Absolutely. It's different, yeah.
1: Yeah, completely. And maybe Nicholas, like, you need an MBA to be, take that first step towards maybe going back into the business side of racing. So maybe that's his end plan. You know, maybe he will want to manage a team. What if he comes back and manages Williams and he leads them to their first ever P three in twenty years? I didn't say P one <laughs> because that's not happening, but maybe a third place.
0: Yeah, um, anything could happen. And actually, yeah, you know, from what it, what it says on the internet, he was a well liked personality. Mm-hmm. It's just the racing side; the results didn't work out for him. So yeah. Maybe.
1: And I don't I don't like this idea of, like, um, we need to get rid of somebody because they're not performing after a little. Lo- I think it's fair to give them a shot. And I think he's one of those drivers who had his shot. Um, and that's the, kind of my same uh, reasoning behind, like, Logan Sargent and why I'm not part of the internet hive mind that is trying to, you know, get rid of him because – I g- give him his shot. Give him his fair shot. If after two years he's still in the same place he is as a, you know – rookie right now then okay fine maybe replace him with somebody else but give him a shot you can see yuki Sonoda has developed magnificently since he started same thing similar same joke on you he developed very well since he started yeah.
0: you know people need a bit of time
1: yeah exactly speaking of time do you want to get into saturday and yes. a five second time penalty second
0: time. yeah so um <laughs> oh god so i think i watched I did watch it. I'm trying to remember. When did I watch it? I watched... What did
1: the- you... You missed something, right? Because you were out with your family.
0: Yes. What did you miss? So I, I missed um the sprint race. Okay. But then I watched it uh, in the evening, in the highlights. I watched it with my dad and yeah. Ash, who you know from previous episodes. Yeah. I watched it with them. That Can was- I say something I was- real quick? Yeah.
1: So before I was like full-time working, when I was still like a part-time student... I enjoyed the sprint race. I was like, hey, you get quali on Friday. You get a new quali on Saturday. You get another race on Saturday. Now that I'm working full time, can I just say it's too much? It's too many things. I can't. (laughs) You know how I how little energy I put towards quali and the sprint shootout and then the sprint race itself? Like the sprint shootout, I just put the audio on and had it on my phone while I was laying in bed. I didn't even watch it. Yeah. The sprint race, the first part of it, I watched like the beginning and then I was like asleep by the end. It's too much. They need to, yeah,
0: I... it's too much. So I fully understand what you're saying. I remember as a student watching everything. I watched every yeah. practice session, qualifying, all of it. Now, when you have a job, yeah, it's like, it's just really difficult to fit the time in. And then if I do get to sit down and watch it, mm-hmm. 30 seconds later, my daughter walks in and is like, Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol. <laughs> and then makes me put Paw Patrol on instead. So then I have to watch it on my phone but yeah. um yeah it's just wild but uh, i think um, race. martin brundle in his article on sky was saying yeah uh, it seems to be working for formula 1 as in it's generating much more views like more yeah. people are watching more people are engaged um so yeah i think it's more about I'm how surprised they how haven't our lives are
1: i'm surprised they haven't fixed the like issue that i brought up last time which is how is anyone out of like 12 uh, lower than 12th place how is anyone lower than 12th supposed to have any motivation to do the sprint race like you just don't there's no i as i was watching i was like this is pointless for all of them but um i thought the race itself sucked Mm. Uh, this first, i thought it was very boring um i think it's partly because we did it at spa and i don't know how exciting spa is for racing nowadays mm. somebody brought up a good point the best part of spa in the last 15 years was um and here comes sebastian vettel and like that's it like you don't really mm. remember any good racing there uh and it's just one of those races where the cars are kind of big the track is too long now i think for f1 um the fact that you can only really get like two good maybe three laps in you know, in each quality session, it's not enough. Hmm. So, yeah, I, I I, think the sprint race wasn't very exciting. Um, I didn't think it was as bad as other, some people said online. Uh, There was certain, certainly some uh, excitement in the beginning,
0: but ultimately, I just think it was like a waste yeah, of time. Yeah, I think it was a bit flat. Yeah. I don't have anything super bad to say about it, but I don't have anything good to say about it either. It was just, it was <laughs> it. I think, you know what you're saying about P12 down? Like, what did they get mm-hmm. out of it? Mm hmm. So you're right. I don't think they do. The only thing I'm thinking in my head is maybe because they're substituting it for a practice session, right? Yeah. So they don't get that time to practice, do simulations, all that kind of stuff, but it's like a live race simulation. So the only thing I can think is they just go into it and go, we're not going to get points. This is a test for what we're going to do tomorrow.
1: And that, if if you know what, that's a very good point, And I think that makes it partially worth it because if they weren't allowed to race, they would be very upset that they're not getting that track time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I fully see that, but you know what I think they should do is have the 12 top 12 cars race and the bottom eight cars can do FP2 at the same
0: time. <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that won't cause chaos.
1: No. Um, what did you think about this whole George Russell, Lewis Hamilton thing?
0: um so you didn't see it right because i, don't I think didn't you see were it watching. but i saw my dad being very passionate about it um yeah. Being like george is useless he's an idiot he ruined yeah. everything for lewis he ruined everything for mercedes he ruined everything for all of formula one and i was like what have i missed <laughs> what has happened here <laughs>
1: i mean it was pretty bad i'm not gonna lie it's like Mercedes is very lucky. Lewis is magnanimous. I'll put it that way. If he was young and hungry, it would not have gone well. Um, but basically, they were both starting their final laps in uh, sprint shootout three, like the third, whatever, quality for sprint. And um, George started behind Lewis, and they were both going on hot laps at the same time. And uh, I guess George felt that he could, he wanted to get ahead of Lewis. So he got ahead of Lewis, which was fine. It didn't slow down Lewis necessarily but then he locked up going into one of the turns which held up himself and lewis and then they both finished um like p7 and p8 like very yeah. no, like lewis was probably on track for p3 and had he started p3 he would have avoided that scuffle with perez he probably would have finished higher in the sprint as well yeah. um ultimately it's very small points which is why mercedes didn't appeal it even though the the penalty uh well Get before we get to the penalty. Mercedes wanted to be very clear that oh, this is we have team harmony. George and Lewis love each other, but it was just so obviously boneheaded from George with very yeah. little to gain from it. Yeah. Um, because like being ahead of Lewis in that time would have maybe gained him one extra position. Instead, they both lost two or three positions. So but they I think lost. You a You need lot someone more.
0: in the team that's yeah. on it very quickly that can say, George, that lockup has lost you this lap. Clear the way for Lewis
1: well so it happened so fast it basically yeah. he locked up and then 20 seconds later he he held no, up but that's Lewis. what i mean yeah Formula
0: law 20 seconds is a long time
1: so yeah 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 absolutely but
0: you need someone that can read the situation that quickly because actually 20 yeah. seconds is a very short amount of time you need the strategist who can read the situation very quickly and then say to george you know our sector time is slow you need to be able to move out of the way or maybe just have that constantly if you're the lead car mm-hmm. and within sector time one, you've not improved. Yeah. You need to be prepared to move out the way for the other car. If they are improving.
1: The underlying problem I think is that George is really hungry and he's very, very frustrated that he is the second driver this season. And this stuff is, this is not the only time Like Mm. you can make a rule for this, but it's like, remember Spain, he crashed into Lewis because Mm. he was like, Oh, Lewis was in my blind spot. I didn't even see him and everyone's like he yeah. was not in your blind spot. You just wanted to get ahead of him. So it's not it's you know, it's multiple times even and it's like every race now he's complaining about Lewis like this time when he was like, "Well, you know, they're going to be it's going to be very tight to the line." He said, like, "Well, Lewis better put his foot down." Like, and then Lewis out-qualified him by like three positions. But it's just I think he's very, very frustrated this season, but there needs to be a conversation. Uh, I remember Lewis said that when he first crashed into the uh Into Nico or I mean they were having issues at the winter break uh, or maybe at the summer break yeah at the summer break Toto called everyone to his house for you know a huge party and during the huge party he like ambushed Lewis in his kitchen and they were like he basically like locked Lewis in his kitchen for three hours he said and they had a huge conversation about the, the the team and priorities and fighting and what's okay and what's not okay and he basically tamed Lewis in that moment and said, "Like you're not going to put yourself ahead of the team ever." Mm. Um, and so I think that conversation needs to it happen it with on George.
0: BBC Radio this week as well that kitchen conversation, and he said to Lewis, mm. um, "We can fight, you know, Susie and I fight all the time, mm-hmm. but we never think about divorce. Mm-hmm. So you and I can fight, but we're never going to think about divorce. Yeah, and we always have to find a way to move forward when we have disagreement."
1: Yeah, and I think that conversation needs to happen with George because I think last year the conversation was all about let's just work together to get this team, this car going. And I think Lewis, had he been, anyone else would have been very frustrated by how far behind he was, but he was had his eyes on the bigger picture. I think in this season, he is still helping the team develop, but he's mm-hmm. also way outperforming George. And I think the frustration is clearly showing in George. And there needs to be a change for the second half. I hope there's a new... Kitchen conversation, but for the sake of keeping it in a new location, it should be something else. Where should they do it? The backyard? The garden? Where should this new conversation be? Christian
0: Horner's barbecue.
1: I like that. Let's do it. Christian Horner's bar in Christian Horner's kitchen.
0: Yeah, don't tell Christian (laughs) to show up.
1: (laughs) He would actually, I think he'd be happy.
0: He said he invited all 20 drivers. He'd be so happy to have them over. He'd be like, oh my God, friends. And then he'd like, he'd make really nice food for everyone. I think so. Yeah. I really, really think so. He invited
1: uh, everybody to his barbecue and like only, I think 10 drivers showed up. I think he really wanted everyone to be there.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, But then the penalty, Lewis and Perez's penalty. What did you,
0: how did you feel about it? What I'm going to say is. Yeah realistically nobody cares about my opinion and your opinion right we don't know anything about racing we're barely able to drive our own road cars but from what i read online a lot of people like racing incident racing incident yeah um and the thing i said before last year you know when we're complaining about stewards yeah when i watch a game of football slash soccer i don't know anything about it i basically watch football once every four years when the world cup is on (laughs) right so I i don't know the ins and outs of all the rules and things but when something happens i can clearly go oh, that's a a foul, that's a penalty, Mm -hmm. that'll be a yellow card, that'll be a red card. Mm -hmm. Like me, as someone who has limited knowledge of it, can say, this will equal that penalty, right? Yeah, there should be consistency in our side And in Formula 1, I feel like you go, oh, okay, they're reviewing the incident, and then you wait for the random lottery machine to tell you if it's going to be a penalty or not. Yeah. Whereas as fans watching it, we should be able to go, oh, X, Y, Z happened. That's a clear five-second penalty. That's a clear 10-second penalty. That's a clear racing incident. Whereas I feel because as fans, we're confused. The commentator, like Martin Brundle, knows Formula One. Yeah. And if he's calling it wrong, and like, it's just... Yeah, we just need a way of it being clear, I think.
1: I think the reason they gave him the penalty is because Perez retired the car and he had damage. But as the FIA has said, they always give penalties based off of the action, not the consequences of the action. And um, I think we're at a point now where we really can be a little bit more consistent. You know how you're saying it needs to be obvious? Like, oh, that's a penalty. Like, I can I think about Brazil uh, 2021 when Max drove Lewis off the road and it was so obvious because he was like, oh, Lewis has gone wide and Max himself has gone wide and they cut to the wide shot and they're like literally off the track. Something like that, you need to be able to look at that and say, that's a penalty. And I think in any of these situations, you need to be able to look at it and say, that's a penalty. And I don't know racecraft you know and Mm. you know it a little bit better than i do you've driven two formula three cars i don't know racecraft enough to know oh he turned in on him oh he didn't turn in on him it needs to be that somebody who knows racecraft should be able to look at it immediately and say that's not a penalty that's a racing incident and even in the moment like crofty and brundle were like yeah that's very harsh and uh and i i forgot who it was but one of them said lewis is not um a stranger to harsh penalties in his career which is kind of a sad thing
0: especially at spa he had a win yeah. taken away from him.
1: That's right, famous win in 2007, mm. right or eight?
0: Yeah, I think it was seven or eight. Eight,
1: yeah, it was the it was the Felipe Massa year, so yeah. 2008. Yeah, yeah, very upsetting, very sad, but um, yeah, I remember his, his 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 famous press conference. Why do you think he you got that penalty? He
0: said, "Because I'm black."
1: He should I think do it again. Was
0: 2011, I think that yeah, was, that at was later. Some point wasn't it? Or 2010, 2011? That that Monaco, was at Monaco. Uh, it was at Monaco he said that, I think. And then he got punished for saying that yeah. because he was bringing the stewards into disrepute or something. Yeah, he should do it again.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Very frustrating. But ultimately, it was only a couple places and a couple points. I mean, the way I thought about it is, let's say he finished third. Like, he started third, he finished third. He would have gotten, like, what, three or four more points. Yeah, he would have beaten Alonso. But it would not have really changed the grand scheme of things. Um, yeah. but the, ra- but what it, it did was give me a insight into what the race was going to be like. And I was really yeah. hoping the race would be better and it really wasn't. And I was mm. thinking the race was kind of a race where nobody is going to be happy except for Max Verstappen because yeah. Ferrari, you know, Charles Leclerc was on the podium, so they'll be happy, but Carlos Sainz, DNF, so they would, you know, they didn't maximize mm. their points all. Um, and then Mercedes, of course, Lewis was stuck behind Leclerc. Didn't have the pace to overtake. George was stuck behind Alonso. Didn't have the pace to overtake. He should have had the pace. Had he overtaken Alonso, he would have overtaken Leclerc in the championship and Luce would have overtaken Alonso, whatever. Mm. Uh, so they'll be frustrated. McLaren will be frustrated because Piastri retired and they didn't really maximize the speaking where they could have been very, very fast. Uh, Aston Martin will be frustrated because um, although uh, he was fifth, they're clearly still the fifth fastest team. Their upgrades haven't worked. Nobody should be happy. Yeah. Williams will be very upset. Like every team should be very, would be very, like like, you know, half upset, half happy, so dumb race
0: yeah i think it was frustrating i i remember the first lap verstappen was up to like fourth and like challenging for third i was like oh my god because we put out a poll when when will he get into first place and i think yeah you know one of the options was like lap nine to 15 and i clicked that myself yeah and then just seeing how fast he was on lap one i was like oh it's gonna be um by the end of this lap isn't it um (laughs) And the thing is, it's trying to, in your mind, split a couple of things. So there's the person that you may or may not like. Mm-hmm. There's the actual racecraft, which I think there's things there to appreciate. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, oh, well, you know, that's very clever. Like the way he preserved his tires at the right time mm-hmm. so that you could use them later mm-hmm. um, on Perez and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um that's very clever and is mm-hmm. the way he has the capacity to be thinking all these other things, um, versus wanting your driver to win. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. I, I, I imagine it's being like a Federer fan mm-hmm. and watching Djokovic win lots of things just now. Mm-hmm. It, it, it'll be like that. But, um, the radio message where he was like, should we push on and do another pit stop just for practice? And they were like, <laughs> no, not this time. As if yeah he had quite the that.
1: weekend with his race engineer gp oh, yeah, was not regions. happy with him yeah um because even earlier max complaining to gp after what did he say he was he was kind of before he got pole he was like oh when he was almost out in q2 yeah he was, what yeah, was, he was the decision behind that? this oh, and he was angry and then gp's like yeah well then you wouldn't have had your battery in and you know he just had a very rocky weekend with uh gp uh, which is very interesting but um you know what you're saying about um what were you saying just now about how fast he was? So yeah. I think it's interesting because he, I think he would have taken the lead much earlier, but I think he had a really hard time getting past Lewis, like uh, way harder than he thought it would have been. Yeah. And it reminded me of Hungary. He was there for when, a bit. Yeah. Longer. He should have been there for 20 seconds. Yeah. He was there for like four laps. Uh, but it reminded me of in Hungary when they asked Lewis because he was on pole. Like, you know, everyone else who's been on pole this season has just let Max through when he came by. And then he was like, I'm not going to move. And I just thought that was so cool. But he kind of yeah. did it again. You know, he didn't really let max pass easily but max had a really good this was just his track and it reminded you know his his pole position lap was incredible and purple sector purple sector purple sector beating everyone by eight tenths it was it was very good and he's clearly driving at his height in a car that is at mm. its height and he's doing very good i just don't care about it because he's not my
0: driver <laughs> Yeah, i know what you mean Dude, i sent you a video on instagram where it was showing all these
1: the trauma we went the through trauma yeah and it
0: was like yeah. Is uh does Max Verstappen have a winning mindset or does he actually just need therapy? And it was all this stuff about his dad being mean to him. And my favorite was the not favorite, but you know what I mean. The the one that got me the most was where Ricardo's like pretending to stab something with a fork. Yeah. And uh Max is like, Oh, my dad did that once to a mechanic. And Ricardo's face is like, What?
1: (laughs) <laughs> um the comments of that that you sent me on instagram is really interesting it was a bunch of people saying you need this kind of pressure to create diamonds no other champion in history has been able to become who they are without this kind of pressure and i'm like listen man anthony hamilton is not you know abusing lewis at every turn yeah. i know they had their fighting
0: like, vitel had like a really good relationship with his dad yeah as far Schumacher, as I know. It was schumacher's
1: rosberg, dad beating him
0: like no you No, know, rosberg had a good relationship with his dad yeah. i think Ros, nico rosberg said um him and he told his dad we're not allowed to talk about racing or something like that <laughs> because he's like the cars are different to your day don't tell me what to do
1: yeah. <laughs> so i definitely don't think you know i it's not a good mentality to have um that you need this kind of trauma in order no. to become great or whatever that's definitely not true and you can definitely i think go further when you have a loving and nurturing support system but um that part of max's life is very sad um i was only partially happy he became a world champion just so he could kind of take that chip off his shoulder that his dad put you know um but yeah he's doing very good and it reminded me of when lewis was in the w10 and w5 and stuff and just building these absolute beautiful pole laps and nobody could ever be. And we look mm. at those now and say, wow, what an incredible lap. And we're going to look at Max's lap in uh spa this year and say the same mm. thing, because that was really an incredible lap. Um Just underrated because he didn't get to start on pole, but yeah. uh yeah.
0: But being a Lewis fan, I still think Lewis is driving really well. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like, we... okay. Let's ignore the Perez crash thing. <laughs> yeah. Minute. But um. I think, you know, very soon he's going to overtake Alonso. I think he will finish the year mm-hmm. P3 in the championship. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's had the second best car all year.
1: No. So, oh, I wanted to show you a thing. Yeah. Uh, I was waiting for this and I actually forgot till you said second best car. So I'm going to just put it up to the camera for a sec and then I'm going to read it off to you. So do you get a look at it? Oh, uh, right?
0: yeah. It's a table with all the different logos for the different teams. Yes. And Red Bull and- is all the way across the top.
1: Yes, and so specifically, it is each race, and it's who was fastest, second fastest, third fastest, etc. So, mm. <clears throat> I'm just going to read some <clears throat> excuse me, highlights off this table for you. Red Bull is the fastest team every race, which we all knew. Mm. The second fastest team on average so far has still been Aston Martin, and mm. after them, Ferrari. Mercedes mm. has only been the second fastest team in Spain and Hungary, uh, which I think is really interesting. For being P2 in the championship, they've only been the fastest in 2 out of 12 races. Yeah. They have consistently been the third to fourth fastest team after yeah. Ferrari, which I think is really interesting as well. They, they're they splitting third and fourth with Ferrari. It's just that they're so consistent in their third and fourth that they've been able to bag and become P2. And I think yeah. if Lewis finishes P3, it would be really spectacular. I really want him to finish P2. I want Perez to have his implosion, although it looks like he's kind of come out of his funk and he's kind of back to normal. Yeah. But um. If he implodes yeah. again, Lewis if, if has a really good shot.
0: P2, that would be amazing. But I think P3 is very respectable. Gets a trophy at the end of the year. Gets to attend the FIA prize-giving gala. That's true.
1: More than finishing P3, what I really, really, really want is for Mercedes to have the second-fastest car at the end of the year because last year even at the end we really weren't the second we had somewhat outdeveloped ferrari but there were still tracks at the end like i think in brazil or not brazil like in abu dhabi and stuff where they're like yeah we don't know why we were slow like it's just Mm. annoying to get to the end of the year and still go with that so i just hope they are in a position where they're clearly the second um yes and i guess that brings me to the final part of this episode let's just talk about what we want out of the last half of the year and then we'll close out
0: I want Lewis to beat George in every race. That's all I care about.
1: Hmm. I like that idea. I want. I think Lewis is showing up George so much now. It actually makes me concerned uh, for Mercedes's like cumulative point totals. Like I, I don't want George to suffer so badly that Mercedes then isn't able to maximize every weekend. And I don't want us to be behind McLaren. So my wish for the second half of the season is for McLaren to fade back into third or fourth fastest. Mm-hmm. And I think that they were a little bit exposed at Spa, that their car is not suited for every single setup. Clearly the dry, fast straights at Spa mm. um, were not good enough, which, you know, they're going to struggle in Vegas because that's all straights. Oh, yeah. um, so that's my that's one of my wishes. What do you think we're going to see at the end of the at the second half of the year?
0: I think we're going to see the first year where a single team wins every race.
1: Okay, but that you've been saying that every episode this season. Right, Give me right. a new one.
0: Uh, I don't know. All my predictions are there. I think, um, Lewis will finish P three. Mm-hmm. I think Leclerc will finish ahead of Signs. I think uh, Alonso mm-hmm. will finish ahead of Stroll.
1: Okay, Alonso ahead of Stroll. Bold prediction. Yeah, (laughs) give me something really bold and then I'll give you my bold one just something something, so out of there that we can look at the end of the year and be like was this right was this wrong that kind of thing
0: I think Daniel Ricciardo will be in a red bull before the end of the season
1: good very good that's what I'm looking for my big wild bold position uh prediction is I think Lewis will get one more pole position before the end of the year I think it almost happened at spot well no, it didn't almost happen at Spa because Max absolutely decimated, but we had good pace and quali at Spa. Like yeah. He probably would have been second. I think it's possible, uh, especially mm. in America and some of these other races which have suited us. Mexico, we su- suited us. So I think it's possible and I'm excited for it. Uh, anything else you want to add before we close the episode?
0: No, I think that's it. I think um looking forward to a different second half of the year, but Hopefully. <laughs> I don't think it will be yet. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, my other big wish is that the FIA slows down Red Bull. I'm just going to say it. I think it's time. <laughs> they need to do it. It needs to happen. All right, guys. Thank you. We're going to have a couple episodes. We're going to try to endeavor to have episodes out in the summer break. Um, I say endeavor because uh I am working like 16 hours a day trying to do my best. But uh we're going to try and have some stuff out in the summer break, and then we'll see you guys for whatever races after this. I don't know what it is. What do we come back to? Austria? Wow. Oh, we did Austria. No idea. Spa. I just
0: tried, typed into the computer F1 calendar and instead I got this thing being prompt says he expects <laughs> to be indicted tonight.
1: <laughs> let me let me check how can we end the episode with not knowing what our race is? So I'm just gonna so check. Our
0: next race is Zanvoort. Oh god.
1: Oh. Hey, you know what? Lewis did well there last time. He was mm. on the almost on the podium. On the podium. I don't remember. See you guys in Zandvoort. Bye. Bye. This has been a production for Not That Good Media.